Hello everyone and welcome to the Like-Minded Podcast, um, the podcast that's here to promote local grassroots um, public performance. And um, this is our fifth episode and my name is Bob Towers and I'm an actor, writer and artist. <laughs> artist, that, that is right. The, the purpose of, of this podcast is really to um, educate and to entertain and to enthuse Certainly. people into supporting performance arts locally. Now, with me is my co-host. She is the lassie from Lancashire <laughs> and the queen of the chippy tea. Oh. It is, it is Caitlin Bradley. Caitlin, Hi, how are Bob. you? I'm very well. How are you? I'm very well, mate. What, what have you been up to? I've missed you since last week. I know. Week. I've missed you that on yeah, Sunday. My aim I was is like... I've missed you, but my aim is improving. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want to know what, what that context was in. What have you been up to this What have week? I been into? I've been in the lakes, actually, Bob. I've seen some pictures about this, and um, mm. w- was any drinking involved in this? Me? Drinking? Yeah, loads. <laughs> well, well, now it's time to get back to serious business. Okay. Because this week, uh, we've got on the podcast with us uh, two young actors, directors, writers, <laughs> and, and whatever. Um, but they're, they're coming on later. Before we get to that, here is Adam Leyland <laughs> and Callum Forbes. Welcome, <laughs> lads. <laughs> I, I thought they can't be talking about us. <laughs> um, oh, thanks very much for coming to the, yes, uh, to, to the podcast. Oh, no, thanks um, for having us. Um, um, we've got loads to talk about, basically, <laughs> because I want to talk about the plays you've been in. I want to talk about the writing. I want to talk about the script suppliers. So directing. All, yeah, all, all that stuff. So <laughs> um, let's start with, with, with you, please, Adam, because um, okay. one of the things that we've all seen over the past months is just the, the success of, of, of Bob the Russian and, and the play. And, the, yeah, you know, the... Yeah. Eight months you were on tour with that man. <laughs> what, 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 what? Long, long time. Isn't so, it? Long time. Tell me, tell me how you got involved with it, and um, yeah, t- t- tell me about your experience of doing that. Um, it feels like it was so long ago now. Now the COVID's happened. Um, okay, so Bob, Bob the Russian. Um, so I, I met all the naughty corner lot through mm. through Callum. Hi, Cal. Hi, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, I was, were you actually friends, uh, or did you meet through theatre? How, how did that so go? We, we did. We met yeah. through theatre, didn't yeah, we? Yeah. And then it was just sort of just we the hit it off. Stuff. We locked eyes from one end yeah. of the room Aww. to the other, and it was yeah. just yeah. we knew that's yeah, friends. I didn't think you liked me at first. Huh? <laughs> oh, no, I didn't. I didn't I think did. you liked me. I was just trying to act cool. I, think it's, <laughs> I was like, I was on over on like one of the first rehearsals. He was. He was. Didn't give a good impression at first. Bob the Russian brought you together. Yeah, it did. Definitely, definitely. Um, it was a it was a hard one, Bob, because I'd never sort of um, done anything to that scale before. Mm. I was just sort of you know in and out of jobs here and there, mm. Um, mm. doing little bits of acting work. Uh, I was doing a lot of sort of corporate stuff, so I was uh, an actor for like a company that delivered safeguard training. Um, yeah, yeah. So I was just dabbling with, with little bits and bobs, and then <laughs> pardon the pun, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then the opportunity came up. So I went for the audition, um, and originally I was a member of the ensemble, and I, I was right. happy with that. Yeah. I was just yeah. like, yeah, yeah, yeah okay, this yeah. is this is cool. Um, got the script, thought, yeah, brilliant, can't wait to get started. Next minute, the main guy playing Bob, Niall, uh, he, he just moves to Japan. <laughs> Out as of nowhere. Do. Yeah, as, as you do, all of a sudden. So he gets a job in Disneyland, wow. and, you know, everyone's 
know, really happy for him and stuff. But he was like, yeah. there's no way I can do it. Hang on, he went missing and you got his part. Well, you well <laughs> I don't want to say I stole it, but <laughs> no, uh, we auditioned again. Um, there was a, some really, really amazing actors. And to be fair, when I, when I got the call from um, Catherine Ainsworth, which is the stage manager for Bob, mm. Um, also co-owns Naughty Corner, doesn't yeah, she? she um, yeah, she she rang me and I was, I was like, "Shut up!" <laughs> <laughs> really got it. So I was buzzing. I was I was absolutely made up. Um, Did you know it was going to be as big as as it turned? I out, had no idea. Know, I couldn't even do it as long as it did. Well, I couldn't even do a Russian accent when I first <laughs> first turned up, and then it was like a lot of YouTube tutorials later. I thought, yeah, right, yeah, okay. Right. But yeah, no, it just it it just built momentum fast, didn't it? And mm, a lot faster yeah. than I thought. Um, and I think that was just down to obviously Mikey's creativity, his mm. vision for for Bob. Obviously, the time couldn't have been better. World Cup, obviously, it was meant to be. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, England just kept on progressing as well. So I think that's why we yes, are building momentum. Kind of yeah, 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 and it really did. And <laughs> I mean, we were all watching it at the same time as Rehearsal, wasn't we? Yeah. we had the off day where we'd have the projector on, and be screaming at the telly and stuff. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. yeah, no, it was nice to allow that. But yeah, Mikey had really good vision with it. Um really good direction and i think the cast just pulled together and i don't think i've ever worked with a group of people that are just like so on the ball so talented because it was a big cast so yeah, yeah it was a lot was. a lot of responsibility for for him and cats to sort of rein us all in because that many creatives in one room at one time you know you're gonna get some messing about don't yeah. you, you know yeah. what i mean so yeah. no I, I really enjoyed the whole project and yeah i think um Think it was just for for people who, who don't know um, the the story. Just, uh, just summarize what what it's about, please. It's, it's so hard to summarize, Bob. People yeah. have asked this before. Yeah. It was just so wacky. Um, it is the thing about the World Cup and villainy yeah, so, and you know. That, that so there's a guy called Bob, and basically he's you know a bit of a mastermind criminal kind mm. of kind of type, and he assembles a team together. Very misfit bunch. They should not be robbing the World Cup by any <laughs> means. They they should not be doing that. Um, but they somehow managed to pull it off and you know there's twists and turns all the way through the story like sort of builds this family group together and it, it's yeah. it, you know yeah. there's a lot of a lot of different mm. bits and bobs Russian and, and English who yeah is. yeah mm. it's it's just crazy it, it deals with a lot of um, issues LGBT issues yeah. stuff like that obviously yeah um, but yeah it's just a crazy story isn't it it's so hard you can't really pinpoint what yeah. Bob's about because yeah, yeah. It covers so much. Yeah. It, it's really, really well written. Like, but the the other thing is you taking this uh, to to Edinburgh Fringe as well. To, um, <laughs> yeah. Now, now, Callum, you you are a veteran of the Edinburgh <laughs> Fringe. <laughs> I would say, yeah. um, because well, you know, when I asked Adam earlier, he's, yeah, yeah, I've been the Fringe, and, uh, and Callum goes, oh yeah, I've been four times. <laughs> as he does to the shoulder. Yeah. Tell us about your experience at Fringe. What, in general or just oh well yeah, yeah. I, I want your experience in general and then sort of cover um, um bob the russian just just that. the days you weren't pissed <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. You remember. So the first time i went off it was just after i'd like graduated from my university degree and i r- didn't really know much about edinburgh fringe at the time but it kind of mm. like opened my eyes to how like well just how big it is and like how many different mm. actors yeah. from not just in the uk but all over the world are going there and I was like, I love this place so much. So I had a little bit of like a, sounds a bit like over the top. I had a dream and I was like, I want to take a play to Edinburgh Fringe. Yeah. And I was starting a, a master's degree at Edgehill Uni that year. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I wrote a play for that master's degree mm-hmm. and Naughty Corner Productions yeah. and Edgehill University funded it. Oh, and uh, we ended up taking it up to Edinburgh the next year. Um, so I did that that year. And then I think there was another year where 
I did like two plays. There was two years where I did like two or three plays while mm. I was up there, and I did and I worked there one year on like oh, a box wow. office. Wow. So I've done loads at Edinburgh Fringe. Mm. It's kind of like as an experience for any performer, I would say like do, do it. it because I think it's some of like my best memories as an actor of being at Edinburgh. Just because obviously you were in like with Nauticon, you're in like a big cast as well. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So you get this kind of like family feel when you're up there. And tell us about the the mile when you've got all these people promoting their plays and and whatever. What, what what's that like? That must be competitive. <laughs> Absolute man. <madness. laughs> yeah, it's mental. Just getting the attention. I remember like, I remember what, uh, one year we were doing not the horse and like we just got like a massive speaker, put it in the middle of the mile, and then just like recreated one of like the uh, the movement scenes, and you just got like a big group around you. And the next thing you know, you've got like a different theatre company like seeing what you're doing and they're like and then they'll start doing something like a dance or start singing it's yeah. just like a battle for attention it is really. just yeah. a massive game of improv that's what the yeah. mile is it's yeah. just a massive game of mm. improv it's crazy because when obviously you're mentioning bob the bush in there when we went up for that mm. it was just a case of right okay keep your head down adam just do as you're told this is your first time behave yourself no <laughs> <laughs> got on the mile they were like right take your top off chase him go and do him in and you were like what what do you mean because you had people chasing each other with yeah yeah we had everything. also we had yeah. riots going on there was at one point there's a there's a guy called demon right liam palberry plays him he's about six foot three and two <laughs> he came over to two police officers and started trying to sell them coke fake coke <laughs> fake coke i sure that. <laughs> Telling them to come to the place to try and promote it. It was oh, like pretending to pass them little baggies in between leaflets. And I was like, you're going to go to jail if you can't do <laughs> But yeah, no, he, he was really good. And um, obviously Adam Cook as well played Lars LaRue, the misfit magician. He, he had some laughs up there, didn't he? He, yeah. he got yeah. some attention. Yeah. He was just so good. He had this um, extension, like sort of rat tail braiding. Right. Okay. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> it was horrendous. I mean, that's all I'll say. But if you've ever watched the last performance of Bob the Russian in Edge Hill, you'll see you'll see why that rat tail was so funny. There's a scene where he opens the, a bag of popcorn, yeah. doesn't he? Yeah. It opens yeah. the wrong way. Next minute, his hair falls out. It's in between the popcorn, and we're thinking, "Oh my God!" We're all, we're all laughing. We're all doing our best. Everyone just caught. Yeah, yeah. Well. There's nothing you can do with that. And he's just looking at the camera because he knows it's getting filmed. He's like, "Well." <laughs> We're in this situation now. That's actually on Naughty Corner's Facebook page. Is it? Well. Yeah, yeah, come check it out. Amazing. I want also, uh, uh, we were talking to you just before the, we, we started recording about um, uh, Balls of Fire that, that you were in as well at the Epstein. <laughs> yeah. And um, you, you you played a few parts with, within that. But yeah. I, I want you to tell me about <laughs> when you were playing Nobby Styles on, on, on stage. Oh, old uh, Nobby. Yeah, no. Um, oh, if, if, if people know Nobby Styles, he's quite a small kind of um, a petite character, mm. and you're not me. No, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> no, I don't. Well, I was so I was so surprised because obviously, uh, you know, I got I got the call to say, yeah, uh, we want you in the show. So I was made up, but they were mm. like. You're gonna have four parts. Right. And I thought, right, you do realise I don't know anything about football and I'm playing four different footballs. Right. <laughs> so I was like, right, I'll, I'll do what I can. So I learned the script on the dummy bits. Um every rehearsal was fine. There was a scene where Nobby pretends to lift the World Cup. Yes. Um and you know, every every rehearsal we, we went through it, you know, went off without a hitch. Mm -hmm. Now this was in the Epstein, mm. and if anyone's ever done any sort of performance in the Epstein, whether it be Panto or something else, whatever you'll know that the stage is on a slope. It, yeah. It's completely on an angle. So I walk out in studs. 
what can go wrong well exactly yeah yeah. exactly what could go wrong so i walk out and i'm I'm doing me bit i'm already conscious because this this geezer like you say he's supposed to be about five or five foot six like nine stone yeah i'm coming in (laughs) 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 five eleven about 14 stone (laughs) i think trying to make myself small i'm thinking right okay now now you had the the knobby teeth in oh yeah yeah Yeah. so if if obviously you look at that footage of knobby styles lifting the world cup yeah he hasn't got any front teeth i don't know mm. what's happened to him whether he just didn't brush them or, or what but yeah he had no front teeth so i had to wear like a, a, a gum shield but we painted it in black. right so yeah. margaret connell directed it and she mm. was like toying around with a couple of different ideas that had happened and worked in the past because the lad that was playing nobby was jay legend and apparently it was going off without a hitch for him he, he was doing really well but i'm sat there like chewing this gum shield really struggling with it finally get through that scene I'm looking out on the Epstein, first time there, and I'm made up, and I'm thinking, this is going really well. I've, you know, I've done a good job here. Next minute, I slip, don't I? I slip. <laughs> my legs come up to the air. They meet my body halfway, so I'm just horizontal, about four oh foot in the air. God. Yeah, proper Tom and Jerry slipping on a banana type <laughs> fall. Slap hit the ground. I look up at Michael Hawkins, who was obviously playing Alan Ball, and I'm just mm. looking at him winded saying mate read my eyes you're gonna have to get me out of this but I practically nearly rolled off the stage and I was half expecting a couple of laughs at least to go well, hey bit of slapstick clowning no no nothing <laughs> just, just cricket, entirely dead, just 300 yeah. people looking at me going I paid for this <laughs> do something <laughs> I was like right okay so eventually he, he sort of worked me out of it and I, I got you know got in the back and I think my mic was still on and I was still screaming fuck <laughs> but yeah I got out of it in the end Thanks to Michael. So if you listen to Michael, thank you. <laughs> well, I, I want to turn to, um, to to Callum for a bit here um, because I want you to tell me about um, the muckers and where the idea <laughs> came from. And uh, yeah, t- tell us about it, please. Right, so the muckers. So Adam Nichols, I, I've been mates with him since like, I've been mates with him since like the first year of uni. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So it's like what, like eight years now. So we're like we are like little muckers ourselves, just yeah. just without yeah. like the the racist opinions. <laughs> and um, we used to always like just mess about. Like we always like improv characters messing about. You know, mm-hmm. like what actors do when you're around each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we used to always play these like kind of like middle aged northern men <laughs> yes. who were kind of like a little bit you know politically incorrect <laughs> and uh, you know EDL. Uh, Brexit, all that type of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then at the time when we went to this Edinburgh, um, I was writing like a play set in a bar, and I wrote this monologue about this pub uh, to the Stone Roses soundtrack. This is the one. Mm. And we were all like, I think this was like one o'clock in the morning. Edinburgh, were all drunk, and I was like, oh, I've wrote this monologue to this this song. And then everyone was like, oh, perform it now. And I was like, what? Well, <laughs> like, it. yeah. There's only like three or four of us in the room. I think the others have gone out or something. And um as I'm performing it, all the others have come back in and they were like, oh my God, like you've got to do that. And and then, because at the time they were all, we were already talking about maybe doing something with the, mm-hmm. these characters, the muckers. Yeah. And Adam was like, let's let's do this. Let's put this in the play. And then it, what happened was um, me and Adam were just like, we would just like go for a drink and then come back to mine and then just like spitball ideas. Yeah. And we basically yeah. Just wrote Which the is the best way things yeah. start, yeah. And what would happen is we'd wake up the next day and we'd look at it and we'd think, oh, it's going to be terrible, this, because, you know, we'd had a few drinks when we'd wrote it. <laughs> and honestly, the best stuff was we'd wrote as when we'd had a drink. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not joking. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and then Mike from Naughty Corner was like, yeah, we'll we'll do this play. Um, and then we got it on in the Unity Theatre. Uh, which went really well. I think we got like a few like four star reviews, Brilliant. five star yes. reviews. Um, 
and we nearly sold it out. We only did one night, but we nearly sold it out. And then we done we done it in Edinburgh for mm-hmm. like a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, which went how really did it well. go down in Edinburgh? Did, did they pick up on that? Yeah, it went really well because it's a bit kind of Northern England English humour, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think like it's one of them where even though they are like Northern English characters, because it's such like a, a stereotype that gets mm. spoken about so much in the media now. I think everyone's kind of onto it, so yeah. Yeah. everyone kind of uh, saw characters that they can relate to. Because I, I think we're, wherever you're from, there's always someone with them opinions, isn't there? That's like a little <laughs> yeah, bit out yeah, there definitely. and a little bit like you know, <laughs> too politically correct nowadays. And yeah. But that that's where I think it, it was quite brave as well because in theatre and performance arts there is a lot a lot of political yeah. correctness and and we do worry about offending people and, and all this. Yeah. Um what was lovely about that is that you were playing those characters that yeah. were saying politically incorrect things, mm-hmm. but everyone knew that, you know, what what the purpose was because you were laughing yeah. at the characters. Well I I've always loved telling like stories about working class people yeah. and mm. I think if you're going to tell stories about working class people you need to show everything about them yeah. Yeah. and you know you can still say something outrageous but as long as you're laughing at them rather than with them yeah. yes. and you, you're showing like a, like a human side to them as well so like this is this is why they have these beliefs and opinions you know mm. you're alright you get yeah. away with it and what we found with the muckers was even on the lines where it was a little bit risky mm-hmm. um, sometimes the audience would like kind of be like ooh but they would also laugh as well. And what we'd yeah. find like afterwards, people would say, you know, that was really brave. And, you know, we actually enjoyed that, that seeing yeah. that because I don't think people take risks as much now. No, no and it was brave, but you were authentic because that is what people like that say. Yeah. And you, you didn't like shy away from that. No, no, no. I don't really did. I remember leaving the Edinburgh one. And it was it was a smaller venue, wasn't it? Yeah. But like there was it was always packed. There was always someone in there like watching it. Mm. I came out sobbing. I don't know if you've seen it, but I was. I won't go too much into detail. If you don't <laughs> yeah. want me to, I don't know if you're ever going to bring it back. Oh no, it's 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 pretty much done now. Oh, okay. So, so I, can... I think we've closed the door. On it, oh, so. Okay. <laughs> so there's a scene where Adam's character Cook that he passes away, and you know Cal sort of finds his mate, you know, dead in his armchair, and I was like, yeah. oh, I was choked up, man. I was Aww. gutted. I remember some woman walking out and she was the same as me. We both just sort of shared a little look to each other and was like, little sniffle. It. I know, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of them. Oh, yeah. But no, so it was really good. Whose idea was it to put it on Zoom and then record it? So lockdown? that was. So I got a phone call off Mike Dixon yeah. from Nauticon and yeah. he was like, I think we can do the muckers on like Facebook Live, mm. you know, cheer people up a bit because it was right at the beginning of lockdown. Yeah. Everyone was fed up and it was still like April, so there was no sun. And um, 40 quizzes in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, forty quizzes in. Yeah, um, so it was like, yeah, we'll just do it on Facebook Live, and then we had a few rehearsals, and we we discovered it actually wasn't that difficult to do. Yeah. Uh, so it was just getting like the technical side of it uh, right. So we got this lad in called Tom Lith, Tom Lith, yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, he's really good at like the technical side of things. And what it was was it was on Zoom, and it was like me and Cook performing to each other, but uh, Mike and Tom were also on the Zoom, but they managed to do it in a way where like you couldn't see them, right. Um, and it was just it was a mad experience to be honest because when we initially went live we were performing for like 10 minutes and like giving it everything and then like I think Tom was like Cal stop it was like we've had a technical glitch oh, and me, oh, me and Cook have been performing for like 10 minutes oh, just, just and that's, that's the best and you oh. can't get that back yeah. that's it but uh, yeah then we restarted and it, it went really well in the end anyway but Brilliant. I actually think that was like the best the best yeah. addition of yeah. that play because you know we managed to like make it look like it was their houses and yeah we could do like little gags um 
with props and yeah, things. With props. yeah and then there was one point where my housemate dan come in and we had like a moment where it, like took us out the play where he was like cow what are you doing with my laptop I'm, like, I'm, I'm doing the play he's like i need my laptop like, have you fed the cat you've not fed the cat and then, yeah yeah that's real life interfering yeah. with yeah. art but what what i like about the characters and the way that it's written though is that the audience although these these people are saying ridiculous things and i'm being ridiculous the audience have to empathize with them and you yeah. manage to do that by explaining the kind of backstory to the characters and saying yes they are stupid but that's why they think that way yeah well they're a, a product of their surroundings at the mm. end of the day and mm. um as we explain in the play um these characters have tough lives mm. and um i think like my character in the play his son had been killed in uh, fighting in iraq mm. and that's why he, he was so like mm. some of, he was so like angry and bitter with the world yeah. And he'd lost his wife and stuff like that. And the other character never really married. And, you know, there's a reason why some of these people have these opinions. And um, I think sometimes as, like, more liberals, we can, like, point a finger at them and go, ah, oh, look at them. But yeah. I think until, like, you actually, like, have a discussion with them and try and meet each yes. other halfway, yeah. and, and I know it works both both sides, um, you're not really going to get any kind of, like, progression in, like, politics or, like, life in general because... You need to work together to move forward, really. Mm -hmm. it, it is, and I think, you know, what we un what we have to understand is people are a product of their life experiences. Yeah. and that, I, I mean, we can react to life's experiences in different ways, but it, yeah. it, that that's the great thing about art and um, performance is that we're demonstrating why these people are, are, are like they are, and I, yeah. I think that's brilliant. Yeah. Um, Talking about kind of controversial stuff as well, I, I want to turn to, to you, Adam. I've seen you make eyes after me. I was worried. I was thinking, what have I done? Because you know what's coming now is um, you wrote and directed Heaven's Gate. Um, oh, yeah. Talk about controversial. <laughs> that, that one. Um, yeah, t tell us where you got the idea from, how it developed. And it was a bit of a, a, bit of a strange one. <laughs> I don't know if I'm allowed to say. I'll, I'll just go for it. No, okay, before we got on to that, actually, um, you made that that kind of jump from uh, acting to writing and directing. What what was that like in in the first instance? Then strange. I've always um, I've always had a little bit of a side hustle going on. I've always mm. you know wrote scripts and you know enjoyed doing that and tried to perform them as much as possible and tried to sell monologues yeah. and stuff in the past and it's mm. never taken off for me. Um, and obviously that's where script suppliers come into it because mm -hmm. I just approached Cal one day and said, "Listen, I've had this idea. I think there's a gap in the market. What do you reckon?" And he just went, "Well." go for it because there's nothing nothing to stop us yeah. do you know what I mean like mm -hmm. just write what you need is a laptop like, or yes. <laughs> you know bare bones pen yeah. and paper so why not um, so we did we, we had a little go but yeah I um, I found it very different very strange because when I'm writing I'm I'm writing as an actor so okay. I'm, I'm envisioning yeah. myself performing this or I would never write something for someone that I couldn't do myself. Yeah. If that makes sense. No. Especially obviously. Are, are you are you seeing yourself in the role acting a lot the of the time, as you're yeah, writing yeah. it? Yeah. Okay. Um not always, but I, mm. mainly that's how I write. Yeah. Um sometimes you have got to take yourself out of it completely to, to go somewhere completely different. Yeah. Um but yeah, I'm I'm still learning a lot of a lot of stuff and mm. I don't claim to be a perfect writer or anything like that. No. But, but who is that? Well ex well exactly. I think uh, you just sort of pick up different styles along the way and yeah. you sort of incorporate mm. them into your so own. And, for you, yeah. yeah, exactly. Um it's hard because <laughs> some of the stuff that you write 
you go back to it a year later and go, was I sniffing glue? <laughs> <laughs> what well, was that well tell us about the, the, the plot and the kind of characters in, oh, in Heaven's, Heaven's Gate. Gate. Okay, yeah. so um, originally I had the idea because I walked past um, two <laughs> <laughs> well-travelled people, we shall say, um, <laughs> on the streets of Edinburgh. And they were kissing, but they, <laughs> excuse me, they weren't just are you getting emotional now? I know, I know, I know. it was just such a lovely kiss uh, no um yeah so they, they were kissing but they were just kissing they were proper snogging like do you know what i mean they were, they were proper lip slaps and stuff i thought i can get a room and i realized no they can't get a room because <laughs> they're homeless because they're homeless so yeah i thought well they must do it somewhere yeah, you know, yeah. just like I'm everyone else, they have relationships. Yeah, they have needs people, and ages yeah. like yeah. other people. Yeah. And then that sort of, you know, made me develop an idea of like this homeless swingers club. Okay. And then I was like, right, okay. And then I thought, right, I can't develop. I just imagine you're pitching this to the, like, uh, you know, I'm sure people you guys about yourself. Know, oh, <laughs> but this is the thing. I thought I started writing that script at first for, for the stage, and then I was like. I'm like, no, <laughs> this won't work. Like, you're not allowed orgies in theatre. Like, no. Say you're right what you want to yeah. say. Well, I know, yeah, I know. I definitely got problems over there. <laughs> um, yeah, so in the end, I just I compromised and we needed a um, a scene for a scratch night that we were doing for script suppliers. Yeah. So Cal had given me his scenes and I was missing one and I was really struggling to, to sort of fill this gap. So I just come up with something the day before mm. based off that, mm. which ended up being the first 15 minutes of Heaven's Gate. Okay. So... I got an actor in, um, next minute he's got a job on, and then we're on the day. So Cal turns around, he's like, don't worry, mate, we've got this. <laughs> what do you mean you've got this? What, you're making me nervous. No, don't worry, I wrote mine. got this. Learned the lines for you. So like, Cal, you're in work. You're sat in Smokey Moe's. What are you on about? And he was like, shh. No. Don't oh, yeah. talk so, about where I work, man. <laughs> don't talk so about the like, local I've job. I've got it, I've got it. Other restaurants are available. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We do offer a wide range of jobs. Um, so yeah, next minute he's like, yeah, I've learned it for you, mate. So he turns up, absolutely smashes it. Oh, just kills Callum. it. He does, you know, he saved me, he did, he saved me big time. Mm. And then I looked at him and I thought, there's no one else that can do this. There's no one else mm. that can play a pervy old bastard like Cal. That's so, uh, that is probably oh, true. <laughs> I did forget to come on at one point in that performance. You did, you did, but you... But you too much into the character. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> Laura's going, um, what's, what's she saying? I can't remember. She was like saying the queue for like me to enter and I was just sat backstage. Just like, <laughs> I'm really well here. Fully really well. Nile. <laughs> but yeah, no, Laura Connolly um, and Ryan Byrne. Mm. They played the other two characters in that scratch night. Changed the cast around a little bit. Yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, Cal and Ryan, I've seen the chemistry that they had that night and the room lit up and I thought, there's no way I can't put this on now. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that stemmed from that. And then I started writing it, developing the script and it just got pervier and pervier and pervier. <laughs> and I thought, oh God, I wrote a porno. <laughs> this is disgusting. But yeah, no, it was just... But, was but you were breaking ground here because yeah. you were we, you were showing that older people having sexual desires. Well, exactly. Like, that, that, that was my point. And I wanted to just sort of make that clear that although, yeah, you know, they are a little bit older, whatever, mm -hmm. they, you know, they've got needs and ages like mm -hmm. everyone else. Mm -hmm. So, you know, but I, I saw the comedy in it and yeah, it was a little bit controversial, definitely in part. Mm -hmm. um, oh, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, the uh, the cast pulled it off like they, they, they work really really well and i had some help along the way kath uh, ainsworth stage manager um for he um heaven's gate and obviously she she's naughty corners co-owner mm. um yeah. she helped me big time oh. <laughs> like i hadn't put a show on before and cal had and kath had and i just turned to them too and i was like yeah. and mike dickinson helped as well and i was just like 
you're gonna have to guide me through this because I've never directed before, yeah, and all yeah, of a sudden I'm asking yeah, yeah. people to suck each other's fingers and talk <laughs> talk about you know, oh yeah, that happened, sucking offs and stuff. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, so I was just like, oh, how do I approach this? Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So you okay to just slap his ass? Yeah. Yeah. No problem. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, no, it was him. I think this is an actor's revenge, isn't it? When you're the director and you say, right, I'm going to have people doing ridiculous things. <laughs> well, exactly. Well, remember what I said before that I wouldn't ask anyone to do anything I couldn't do. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I just realised it probably says a lot more about me than it does about the cast. Yeah. <laughs> we we touched on a, a little bit there about um, about script suppliers. Yeah. Tell us about that because I I love the idea and I know it's it's kind of new and you're just getting it off the ground. So tell us about. The... Well, it's it's just it started off as a hobby, didn't it? Really, um, and yeah. it still is. We just sort of visit it when we can yeah. and you know put what we can into mm. it. Um, but yeah, I I approached Cal and just said, listen, like I said before, I enjoy writing, mm. but you know. To what end? I'm not doing anything with 100 scripts that are sat on my laptop. Yeah. So then between us, we just sort of came up with this idea, didn't we? It was like, yeah. well, you know, who's supplying these scripts? And it was as simple as that. It was <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Oh, well, what should we call ourselves? <laughs> I know. <laughs> scripts oh, yeah, yeah. We, we were stuck on a name for <laughs> yeah. ages. And yeah, yeah. For these That's years. a very creative name. Well, yeah. exactly. Does exactly. exactly. what it says on the tin. Well, that's exactly. what we, we wanted to be forward thinking with it. But yeah, we had uh, another guy called Warren, a really close friend of ours, Warren Kettle, a really good actor. Recently, what was his most recent performance? He was in Ian Salmon's... Um, um, those two weeks. Those two weeks, oh, yeah. yeah. I went um, to watch that in the episode. Yeah, he's a really good, yeah. really talented actor, Warren. Um, he was in Bob as well. Mm-hmm. Really yeah. good mm-hmm. guy. Um, but yeah, so he was on that with us. Um, spent some time with us developing the first scratch night. That was his idea. Mm-hmm. So our scratch nights stem from Warren, and then we sort of carried on working through that. And yeah, eventually he wanted to pursue other things, so mm-hmm. he went on to the more acting side of things. Got a new agent, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, and then it was just just down to the two of us, oh. weren't it, mate? And then. <laughs> You know, carried on developing ideas as best as uh, possible. Who are your customers? Is it largely kind of uh, actors who are looking to do a show reel? Yeah. Is it uh, theatre groups that are looking for a scene? What What is it? We cover all bases. I think mm. if someone just approached and said, "I'm after this," mm. we'll give it a go. Do you yeah, know what I mean? We yeah, we yeah. we will you know say whether or not that's in our capabilities. But I don't think you know anything's really out there that I wouldn't try do you know no, what I mean because you've I done def- monologues and dialogues yeah, and, yeah. and like short scenes yeah and well yeah. We, we've recently moved on to radio plays um, during lockdown as you know mm. you know we've all been twiddling our thumbs I think, <laughs> like you say just been bored oh, yeah. wait, waiting for something to do um, so again like Cal's like my babysitter he sort of reigns me in so I'll approach <laughs> Cal with an idea and go what's the reckon on this and we'll get a pyro light and we'll do this and blah 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 blah, blah. he's like no mate okay this is going to work on a £10 budget and we'll do it this way like, no problem just show me how to do it um, so we moved on to radio dramas and mm. there was me Cal and your flatmate Dan yeah. Um, I mean, he's our friend as well. You know? Oh, well, yeah, no, <laughs> I do like him. Danny, <laughs> yeah, just yeah. refer to him as the flatmate. Dan, if you listen, sorry, sorry he Edited that, all mate. the uh, radio players for us. Yeah, he, he was. He was there, so. Do you want to do you want to talk a little bit about that? I'll let you take take over. Oh yeah, go on, go on. Yeah, um, hand, hand it over the mic. So yeah, Adam rang, rang me and was like, uh, "Do you want to do like some radio plays?" So mm. he was like, "Yeah." So I got uh, my my flatmate. <laughs> friend, I got Dan involved because he. He'd recently wrote a play and I think he just wanted to like keep writing because he, yeah. he had the buzz and everything. Yeah. So uh, the three of us, I think we did like two two scenes each. I think Adam did three because he's greedy. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> yeah. and then um, it was just a case then of like getting the actors to re- to record it on their phones. It was actually quite easy really, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. Um, and we just 
Oh, you had a blanket over your head at one point, didn't you? Yeah, someone <laughs> drops out of like Dan's, so in the end, me and Dan ended up just doing it. I mean, it's just like sat in the living room with like, a, yeah, like a blanket over our heads, you know, for sound. Well, purposes. They, well this yeah. works apparently because yeah, there, there was a feature on on the news about uh, the Archers and when yeah. they had to record, um, you know, separately and in their own homes and that. And yes, they were under duvets, and that's yeah. the way that, yeah. that you record. <laughs> we'll have to get onto this, Andrew. They, yeah. they record under duvets. The, this is the advantage, though. Cal and Dan had spent a lot of time under the same duvet for a while, hadn't you, mate? So, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds dead weird, man. <laughs> no, they are. They're like a couple. Honestly, oh. you're the best friends, aren't you? She's lovely. So, we, did this turn out to be uh, floors apart? Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, tell us the, the the idea behind that, then. So it was essentially mm. a block of flats in Liverpool. And it was just about all like the different um, relationships within them block of flats, mm. and uh, it was quite like it was quite we got quite like a variation in terms of characters, and I kind of used like inside number nine as like an inspiration, mm. yeah. you know that kind of like, you know, because the inside number nine episodes they're all different, like mm-hmm. characters are completely different, the style of them are different. Mm. So because we were three uh, different writers with different kind of writing styles, we just come up. We wasn't really bothered about there being like a theme or anything running no, through it. No, no. I think it works though, doesn't it? Like yeah. having the different. Yeah, because everyone's which, like yeah. so different, and everyone's story. experience of lockdown was so different. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Some people flourished in lockdown, yeah. and some people went that's insane. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I think that's the main thing that we wanted to get across, wasn't it? Although a lot of it was sort of like dark comedy or comedy, you know, scripts. Yeah. The odd one we'd throw in there just to go well you know there are people suffering out there as yeah. well like yeah. you're having a bad time during lockdown it's not great for anyone but there's people mm-hmm. out there that are really really suffering and that's what we wanted to get across you know it wasn't poking fun or anything like no. that anyone it was just a case of we want to show real people in there uh, and you want to reflect what's going on absolutely and, uh, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. experiencing mm-hmm. yeah we yeah. got like oh. a we got a mixed review and they, they they were saying like <laughs> it was a bit too like it wasn't upbeat enough and stuff yeah, like that yeah, yeah. but like I said before, like I, I like to write about real stories, so mm-hmm. I'm going to write yes. it as real as possible. But mm-hmm. there was there was a lot of comedy in there. Yeah, yeah. There was a, a scene that I wrote. I mean, I'm trying to say, you know, big, big, big mind up. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Sam Morton and Faye Caddick. Um, obviously, Sam Morton's in the Liverpool Theatre Festival yeah, yeah. tomorrow, yeah. and Faye's another obviously well-known yeah. um, Liverpool actress. And they they were playing two cleaners who were cleaning obviously the building, yeah. fuming at Boris Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> but the way it wasn't even the writing that was good it was just how they yeah, performed yeah. it yeah. was just brilliant and honestly uh, that'll be um, that's on our social media if anyone wants I to I think we just wanted to be creative though re- really and we wanted to give uh, like our friends who are our actors mm. yeah. just you know some, some a chance to, to do, do something yeah. and then yeah. now they can use that on their voice reels Definitely. on the spotlight pages yeah. Mm-hmm. and um, well so can I because I had to step <laughs> in so it, it yeah. works out well really like for the long run mm. and we've always got that there for people if they want to watch it online yeah yeah, yeah. The other thing that I picked up on the, uh, there with, with the, the both of you is that you actually use comedy as well to uh, cover some serious things. Yeah. Um, and that is a, a great way to introduce people to some topics because yeah. if we say, okay, we're going to do a play about something serious, nobody's going to uh, turn up for it. Yeah, yeah. But if it's a more kind of rounded play um, and you can use comedy to kind of get people to engage with some sticky subjects sometimes. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I think comedy is quite hard to write anyway, isn't it? But, like, yeah. if, you, if you sort of find your flow. Um, but it's just, like, the, I think comedy and tragedy, like, kind of come together mm. as, like, yeah. a juxtaposition. Yeah. It's, like, the first the first play I wrote uh, for my master's, the one that um, Edgel and Naughty Corner took up to Edinburgh, uh, that was about, like, um, 
do you know when you leave university a lot of people mm. suffer like post uni depression yeah. mm. i mean i certainly did and you kind of find yourself in this like place of like not knowing what you're going to do with your life especially if you've done a drama degree caitlin's still in that yeah. thing <laughs> yeah. so it, it's Two difficult so i i wrote that as like a full-on comedy yeah. but it mm. the message was kind of like a really like serious you know, serious yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Adam, do you ever start out by writing something serious, but it ends up being a comedy, or all it's brought time. into all it? Yeah, because I think that happens a lot. Yeah, it? It, it. Well, Carl's hit the nail on the head there. It was. It's just a whole, you know, juxtaposition of it. Like it's just it mm. works yeah. so entwined that you can't help it sometimes. Yeah, and I think what you don't want to do is just absolutely hammer an audience with serious issues yeah, yeah. because yeah, yeah. If, no one wants that. Well, exactly. Yeah. If you if you pay for a ticket to go and watch someone, you know, perform this monologue. Mm. And you go out feeling like you've done something wrong, mm. you know you're not probably no. not going to enjoy that performance. Mm. You don't yeah. want to be preachy. Well, exactly. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you don't want to. You know. So it's a fine line presenting serious issues without being preachy. Yeah. Because mm. yeah. you've yeah. got you've got to take into consideration everyone has different opinions. Mm-hmm. You know, you know. Sometimes I think it's easier to write as a writer. You know, because you know your demographic of people that are going to come to your performance are usually like liberal left wing actors mm. or yeah. people yeah. who are interested in it. I think it's mm. easy to write for them. But you've kind of got to incorporate the people who aren't like that, who are going to come, you know, like the the public who yeah. are going to come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you've got to think about them as well. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. I learned that quick that you you know when you put something on, you're not writing for your friends. You're writing yeah. for a, you know a much wider scale of people. Definitely. Yeah. I, think it, I, I mean, it, for me, it's kind of uh, you know like uh, Greek from the days of Greek yeah. tragedy <laughs> where you had it, a, a hero. Um, but no, something villain. really bad went on in their lives, but people could identify with it. Yeah, and yeah. in some ways, they're thinking, maybe that's me, or if this bad thing can happen to that person, it can happen mm. to me. So I, I think that that's an important part of it. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I think if you can sort of put any sort of like, you know, if you can put any character on stage and make them human, people are going to find some way to. You know, resonate with them along yeah. the line. Yeah. So I think yeah. that's the most important yeah. job that you have mm. as a writer, Definitely. isn't it? Uh, yeah, the things there um, uh, that, that both of you touched on is um, in lockdown, not being able to to do performances, but adapting to that and doing things that that you can kind of um, just put on a, a digital platform. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I want to make sure that people kind of listening to the podcast yeah. can go and find that. Um, so uh, floors apart how, how can people find floors apart uh, literally it? if you just go and head over to YouTube type in script suppliers they're all there and they're all in order um, so mm. each episode has got a little description what it's okay. about what sort of stuff it covers mm. uh, it's also got some links like I said we cover some um, slightly taboo issues mm. so mm. you know there's issues to do with gambling and stuff like that mm. on there there are some helpful links that you can follow obviously if you know you or anyone that you know um, may need to access something like that yeah yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and then just Facebook, Twitter, that sort of thing. If yeah. you if you check us out on the socials, you'll you'll see all of our bits and bobs. Don't and you? Madras with the muckers is is that uh, going to yeah, be so the same? Yeah, so if you go on the Naughty Corner Facebook page, you'll find Madras with the muckers, and then if you go a little bit further down, you'll find Bob the Russian mm. uh, at Edge yeah. um live performance. Oh, <laughs> yeah, you've got to watch that one just to <laughs> see Cook Ponytail yeah, fall off. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Fantastic. And um, uh, script suppliers as well. I've seen you, you got a, a Facebook page with, with script suppliers. Yeah. Um, so everyone uh, listening, if, if you're looking for uh, for help in, in that area, I really recommend you to, to log on and have a look because these guys' work is so creative. It, it's absolutely brilliant. Oh, thank you. Okay. <laughs> 
Okay, Caitlin. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, we always finish an episode with um, talking to Caitlin about what her plans are for the week <laughs> um, because it's just so interesting. It's Caitlin, really what not. are your plans for the week? It's not. I'm just boring this week. I'm only working. Oh. I haven't got anything planned. Sorry, Bob. I know it's, you want me to have this exaggerant life. It, is there any um, cocktails, martinis? <laughs> Maybe. Uh, okay. There okay. was last night. Right, right. <laughs> Um, and also, be, before we leave, I'd, I wanted to um, thank Andrew, uh, Andrew Smith, as who's our producer, as always, <laughs> who, get, who not only like puts this together technically, but makes sure that Caitlin has got M and M, blue M and M's. What is thank it? You, uh, green tea and uh, foot lotion as well. That, that's that's essential. Um, oh, I hate so, you so much. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, for, that's us. So thanks very much for <laughs> our guest next this time. week. Yeah, and see you all again <laughs> soon. Thank you so thank much, you. Adam. Thanks, thanks for having us. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye.